I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. As Nathaniel uh, from Beijing, China, from Split Works. Happy to talk to everyone in LA. And man, come, come to Beijing. Or Chengdu. Or Chengdu. I love it. Yeah. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. And every week I talk to the Rebels who are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show that brings you new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. So check it out. This week, I sat down with my man Nathaniel Davis in a bar in Beijing. I mentioned this is the second in our series recorded live on site in Beijing. Nathaniel's my guy out there. I've known him for years, and every time I get out to China, he kind of shows me what's what. Um, he's a partner in a promotion company called Split. They produce the Concrete and Grass Festival, and they do brand activations and music uh, with brands all over China. He's got a really cool business that uh, he's going to tell us all about how he and his partner, uh, well, first of all, how they operate a two-man partnership in different locations. His partner it runs the Shanghai office. Nathaniel runs the Beijing office. You know, it's an interesting model that way. And uh, he's going to give us some insights into how they've built this great business really around their passion and how that drives them through everything they do. We'll get into it. You might hear some background noise. We were sitting in a bar and, and the music got a little loud sometimes, so bear with us. Hopefully you can hear everything. Uh, if you like that format of the live shows, shoot us a note on Twitter or leave us a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear what you think about that uh, compared to the ones that are done in studio. If you even care, maybe it doesn't matter. 
Let me know what you think. But first, let's get into our EDM.com track of the week. to unlove our edm.com track of the week if you like that track i hope you did get over to edm.com for more new music now nathaniel davis all right here we are rebel radio live from beijing you sound official. <laughs> Where are we? What's this place called? Canvas? Canvas. Canvas Beijing. Free advertising. The <laughs> canvas. Yeah. Ah, this place is cool. Empty but cool. This is like my this is my private club. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> and we're, here, we're here in the back like it's your spot. <laughs> no, thanks for doing this, man. I, it's, yeah, uh, no, 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 no. I know we, we no talk worries. about shit, and, and, no. uh, but you have a fascinating story here in Beijing. And, and Some people say. Um, I saw somewhere that you're uh, one of the most interesting people in Beijing. So. Oh, that was years ago, and they, I think they mistook me for some other guy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you're still pretty interesting. Um, so I want to uh, let's start at, at the very beginning. Okay. <clears throat> I know you have this amazing career now in, in the Chinese music industry, um, but I want to I want to know how you kind of got to this point. So, uh, do you remember the first record you ever bought? First record I ever bought? Yeah, probably. Like a record I in a broad sense, like music. It was, yeah, it was probably a, a CD. Yeah. When I was thirteen, U um, two uh, War. Okay. been a few years earlier yeah. um, <laughs> so yeah I think that was yeah it was kind of I think it was, uh, it was probably actually 1987 I think because um, U2 on the radio at the time because of the Joshua Tree yeah which was great yeah although the recent tour was pretty rubbish I thought but 
course. Um, I mean, it's 40 <laughs> years later or some 30. Yeah, it's kind of a strange thing. But I, I, I thought at, um, at the time when I heard With or Without You on the radio, I thought, wow, I like, I like that song. Yeah. And so I, you know, you joined BMG at that age. Like, right. You know, 13 CDs yeah, for exactly. one cent. But I remember the one I wanted was, was U2 Wars. It seemed like, like a cool cover. I, was it, did you have the same experience? Like, uh, it's hard to get to 13. You like, you end up like running out of stuff you really want, and then you're kind of filling in. Like, yeah, I'm sure I got like a lot of rubber CDs that I really yeah. didn't. I think I got like, to. I got it much later in life. And like, I already had like a record collection, but then at one much point, later, you're like two years older than me. No, but I think I got it like in the '90s. I was like, okay. oh, I was, yeah, why, why not get 13 CDs for a penny? Like that seems like a good deal. And then you learn like they fuck you on the. No, no, I, th I think it was still cheaper, like going to the mall and buying CDs. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm convinced of that. No, I maybe, think so. Maybe I've got my math as long as you canceled, like in the right yeah, time, think, or yeah. you sent shit back, or whatever. <laughs> but like, I, I ended up with like Iron Maiden and stuff. That like, I was like, yeah, that you know, it's a penny, so I'll just take some shit that I wouldn't normally. You, like, I, you wouldn't buy those if you had to. Not normally. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Iron Maiden, but I wasn't like a metal. They were actually in, in China last year. Oh, really? Although apparently... I mean, it turns out they built like an amazing career over the years. <laughs> but I'm saying like I wasn't a metal fan, but I kind of knew of them. And right. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it's it. It's probably like a scary looking cover. Yeah, for sure. On the album. For sure. I thought your parents wouldn't like it, so you bought it. So you, so you two, so you're like into... Indie, modern rock at the time they called it. Well, is that I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't yeah. know what I was into, really. Not, because you, what, you listen to the radio, and what's on the radio, it's all, well, I mean, I guess you two was on the radio. But you were, yeah. But, um, you know, it's mostly pretty mainstream pop 40 stuff, which, whatever, you're just kind of sifting through things and trying yeah. to figure stuff out, and then, you know, you're listening some friends are listening to different stuff and so you get into different things but I think eventually yeah I mean we, we started listening to that kind of you know New Order and Depeche Mode and R.E.M. and yeah, yeah. and, and U2 who were kind of cool at the time sure and uh, The Cure uh, and The Smiths you know all this kind of stuff yeah so, oh Morrissey that's the guy we were talking about earlier so Morrissey remember I said earlier like somebody like ran their mouth and they should have just kept their mouth uh, shut it's well, fucking Morrissey. I, I just, I feel like Morrissey should be allowed to say whatever he wants to say. So does Morrissey feel that way. I'm the sun, I'm the earth. All the shyness that is criminal in Baltimore. I'm the sun and earth. I'm nothing in particular. Yeah, which is a good thing. Like, I'm, I'm glad that he feels, you know, justified. I don't know what right. the word is to just talk about what he feels like talking about. Because I think it's a, it's an important thing to feel that way. If you feel like you're going to be censored by whoever and, yeah. and you shut yourself up because of it, then that's that's probably not a good thing. I mean. We, we Regardless do, of what you're saying, we could do a whole show about that. That's a, that, yeah, there's, sure. there's like that's a weird. We're in a weird time in culture right now, mm -hmm. uh, as far as like 
freedom of speech and and all of that. Absolutely. I'm all for Morsi having the freedom to say whatever he wants to say. And then nice. We, and then we uh, deal with the aftermath. All right. I'm done with that. Um, so when did you realize, when did music become a career for you? Well, not until I moved to China and... What year was that? Well, I came in 1998, um, a year after finishing college. Mm -hmm. I had actually worked on a show in 1997 for U2 um, in Atlanta. Yeah, a friend of mine was on the tour and I was down there at college at the time so I um, said, well, you know, come along to the show and I'll get you like a job for the gig and then uh, it's an easy thing that you can watch the show. Nice. That was perfect. So I went and did that. I had to watch the ticket takers. to make sure they weren't letting people in, or, you know, doing <laughs> That's something. an important job. Doing something sketchy. I've been a promoter and uh, yeah, exactly. had people let in that, you know, I wish I had somebody watching. Yeah, so you two, they have like everything covered, so they they hire people locally. Smart to watch the locals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really smart. Oh, hopefully that works. I don't know, but yeah, so I, you know, I, I got this uh, all-access pass. I could go wherever I wanted. So my job was done after everyone was in. I just walk around, see the show from different vantage points, and yeah. was up in the rafters, walked all the way down to the front. That was cool. Sorry, I'm not answering your question. Um, no, that's a so cool. to come to come back around. So that that was like my first idea of like working on a big show, I, I suppose. And, and then and did you know in that moment that that's what you? Were no, going not to do? at all. Was, that was for me just a way to get into the show. Yeah. Uh, so it was only after I came here, you know, with the plan of doing something academic, you know, nothing to do with music. Really? Yeah, I was going to study Chinese for a couple of years and then maybe go back and do a, a PhD in Chinese history. That was my initial thought. Wow. That kind of morphed along the way to doing something um, like in the development field, international development, you know, I was working, I was working, my, my first job after studying here for a year was, um, you know, working in more philanthropic circles, um, uh, different projects around China a lot in relation to, to health, uh, children's issues, did a lot of work with UNICEF, and so it was really through UNICEF that I got involved in the music industry. In 2001, we uh, there's a there's a charity concert for UNICEF that was organized, which we were only involved in the periphery. This because we did a lot of fundraising for UNICEF uh, via Hong Kong, and a lot of that was done through events with celebrities, a lot with you know who were singers, Hong Kong canto pop singers. So we knew a lot of these guys, so we kind of corralled some of them to come up to Beijing for this uh, charity event. I mean, it was a big show. It was in one of the arenas here, about 10,000 people. Um, and so we were just, you know, really vaguely involved with that. Um, but then the following year, I had actually resigned from that job, still you know, anticipating going back to school in the U.S. Um, then having my mind changed when UNICEF offered me a job, so I ended up back in Beijing uh, for that, and ended up working on 
the uh, concert that year in, in Shanghai and being more involved. Actually, I was given the task of booking international artists for the event. Interesting. Which, when they told me, "Can you do this?" I, I, I said, I, I, "I don't know. I, I have no idea how, but I guess I can try." Um, and what so, happened? Well, we managed to to get a couple of international acts. Uh, Katie Lang. Uh, okay. <laughs> Who flew over from LA? I mean, awesome. this is part. Of, this is part of the thing because, as a charity event, uh, I, mean, I think at least in China, it probably should work like this in the rest of the world as well. You can't actually pay somebody to appear at a right. charity event. Yeah. It's illegal. Really? So we weren't offering fees. Yeah. So this had to be, you know, kind of on the basis of I'm really into the cause. That I'll come over and do the show for sure. free. You cover expenses. Expenses covered, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're not making any money on right, it necessarily. Right, right. So uh, KD that's, came for that. That's probably better because you hear all these stories about charities that like. I think it was. I think it was. There was a story about Wyclef who like he raised all this money for Haiti and he and he, uh, you know, he spent half a million dollars flying. Leo DiCaprio to Haiti and like didn't actually do anything for the Haitian people. His presidential campaign. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think there are similar stories in China as well about yeah. charity events where yeah. the, the money was just Everywhere. disappearing to yeah. the wrong places. So yeah, we didn't we didn't pay anyone to come over for this thing. Um, also had uh, another Canadian singer called Bruce Coburn. Okay. Uh, if you're familiar, familiar. With, with, with him. Probably not. Like Canadians generally seem to escape the American consciousness unless they move to LA. Which we I, have like Bieber. I don't think. Yeah, but they, more yeah, we, we have, have we have a couple. It's true, but they, you know, their Canadianness is relatively. In, in, so you have to in, you have to suppress backdrop. your Canadianness to make right, you it. Might, you might mention it once at the beginning of your career, and, okay. then, and then all of a sudden you're from LA. Makes sense. Um, but now I think Bruce. He, uh, yeah, he remains in Canada, but he, yeah, it's like prolific singer-songwriter. I think thirty albums now. Oh wow! Probably. Yeah, who does that? Yeah. So he was cool, but he's a bit of an activist himself. So I think you know, the UNICEF thing was was kind of uh, cool for him. Nice. Um, so yeah, that was my first real foray into the music industry, so to speak, in China. So at what point, I mean, that was kind of a, sounds like a cool adventure, but it was kind of a one-off, right? So like, when, at what point did you know you could do this for a living? Well, I think it wasn't until um, 2004, so two years later, when I was here, I was, you know, I, in the meantime, done another charity show for McDonald's from Ronald McDonald House. And then the following year, 2003, was a tough year in China because of SARS. I don't know if you mm. remember that. But yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. much every big event was was, uh, was canceled. Um, and then going into 2004, um, ended up meeting some people here who had been involved in music outside of China. An Australian guy, a friend of mine called Simon. A Singaporean guy called Darren. We decided to set up a company together, and it wasn't necessarily focused on music, but more on um, events. Mm -hmm. But we all had a music background, 
and those guys more so than me um, in terms of production, you know, big show production, yeah. lighting, and Simon's a lighting a lighting designer. And, and so a couple of things came along, and we ended up doing a show on the on the Great Wall with Alicia Keys. Nice, a bit crazy. Yeah, um, and a long long story, <laughs> which I won't go into. Um, but that was uh, our our first gig, and then on the tail end of that was uh, Nora Jones in uh, early 2005. I think it's March 2005. We did Nora on that album cycle, her first album. Cool. She actually came to Asia, nice, and did a couple of shows in China, um, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, and so from there. Uh, kind of took it along um, doing a bit of music a lot of DJ stuff for brands you know we were working with uh, Chivas I mean so, we're, we're in a bar yeah, talking about Chivas Regal so yeah exactly it's fitting good backdrop so we're drinking martinis um, <laughs> but you know back in the day it was all Chivas and green tea in China nice and that was uh, Chivas made a ton of is that good there. whiskey and green tea it's actually surprisingly alright okay yeah it's alright with a bit of ice yeah you know it was, it was okay because it's, it's sweet green tea ah uh, okay so kind of cut the, like the, the, bite of, the bite of the whiskey which you know for a you know Chinese palate like sweet. me pretending to know what a Chinese palate no not necessarily sweet but maybe not so harsh uh, in, terms of the, in terms of the alcohol okay um so yeah, we did a lot for Shivas, tour, DJ tours, you know, Tiesto and Deep Dish and... Tiesto for Shivas Regal. Okay. Tiesto for Shivas Regal. <laughs> All right. Yeah, those are fun, fun times. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I bet. So you had like the double challenge, right, of starting a career in music and also in China, where well, you're not from China, and so you're, there's, I'm sure, a lot you didn't know. Um, is there? Is there a key like mistake that stands out that you made at the beginning I mean obviously you didn't go to jail so that seems to work yeah out I've not, not been in jail yet thankfully awesome. um, but yeah is key, there anything key that, mistake like, I think we probably made a mistake on that first uh, show at the Great Wall with Alicia Keys I should I say Alicia Keys is actually Alicia Keys Cindy Lauper and Boys to Men that was the lineup that is an awesome lineup un unbelievable right it's crazy and we had been brought into that thing, kind of in the middle of it. Of those three, who meant the most to you personally? I, I don't. I, none, no. <laughs> none of them meant anything oh, okay. to me, to be honest. It's like, ah, okay, that's kind of interesting and, yeah. and odd, and yeah, it's all right. Yeah, we, sure. we, we can help out here. It was more like a business opportunity for me, as, as I saw it at the time. So that was meant to be a charity thing as well, um, of dubious origin. <laughs> And so we kind of came in a month before the show where I had presented myself to these guys who were organizing it saying, yeah, I've been doing this kind of thing for a while, just as a matter of saying it, not expecting them to say as an aside, oh, can you come for a meeting tomorrow because I think we need your help. Uh -huh. And then finding out they had basically nothing organized for the entire thing, which awesome. happened in the, month, in the month's time. Yeah. They had people kind of hovering around, you know, in orbit, but not sure. anything really 
decided or in place. But we kind of came in and said, all right, well, show us, you know, the production, you know, what's happening, what are the riders, you know, who's doing what, and what, are the, what have you been quoted so far? And we, they gave us everything, so we looked over it as consultants, so mm -hmm. to speak, to begin with, and kind of went through and said, well, you're being overcharged here and here and here and here, and just slashed the budget, not realizing, like, whoever contributed the quote was also in charge of doing the government permits. Right. And so once we had done that, this guy said, all right, I'm pulling the permits. So it's a bit of, you know, naivete on our part to think we could just kind of come into the middle of something and do what we thought should be done without, you know, recognizing the relationships involved and the, the political nature of it. I mean, it's funny you say that because I think, you know, for those of us who know like a tiny amount about China, like you, it's easy to assume that permits and working with the government are like one of the big challenges. Um, and yet, you know, in the U.S., I constantly run into people who underestimate. Like, you know, I get a call from like big agencies who want to do some crazy stunts or whatever and want our help with production, and I'm on, and like. 70% of the time, I'm like, there's no way you're going to get a permit for that. Right. Like, either not, either you need more time, or that's illegal, or like, right. someone's going to get hurt. Like, there's, it, it, it's often overlooked. And I, and I think, you know, in both the entertainment side and the, and the brand side of like, physical marketing, right, that people just don't get, um, they don't wrap their heads around that. Yeah, I think for here, you know, in terms of China, for sure, the, it's definitely a crucial part of anything that you do is like sure. dealing with the government on whatever level um, or avoiding dealing with the government on whatever level. Yeah, of course. As the case may be. Yeah. Um, so it's always challenging. Uh, I think we've, we've been quite fortunate so far in terms of our own stuff, you know, stuff that we're putting on or promoting. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, I, I can't actually mark it up to my particular savvy in dealing with it all or anything like that. But um, so, so you know, take, taking things cautiously and you know trying to be smart about it all, I think is kind of the, the key to it. So yeah, jump into that. So you yeah. you started split. Right. Your own company. Yeah, so we started. Well, so we actually started a company um, because of that show on the wall um, in 2004. Okay. Which kind of segued into my current company. Yeah. Uh, two years later, um, Split Works, Split United, which is kind of a little consortium of companies um, at the moment. Okay. So, and that's you and the great Archie Hamilton. <laughs> Uh, the great Archibald. <laughs> uh, who introduced Arch us, right? I met him first. How was it? Okay. I forget the guy. There's a British guy uh -huh. who I knew barely. I knew him like over email. And then I somehow I told him, I forget how I even talked to this guy, but I told him I was coming to China. Uh -huh. I was going to Shanghai first. Okay. He's like, oh, you should meet Archie. Mm. And then Archie introduced us. That was 2008. Mm -hmm. So. Shortly before that, you guys had started. Yeah, so we had, split. Well, we started in two thousand six. Yeah. 
So last year was our 10th anniversary, which is nice. still hard to believe. I bet. So just finishing 11 years at the moment. Our, wow. Yeah, our, our first show was um, December 2006. What was the show? That was uh, a show which is part of a series we were doing for Bacardi at the time. Um, that was a British band called Maximo Park. Oh, yeah. Which probably never really made it to the U.S. Yeah, we've heard a of little them. bit. Yeah, no, I know they've toured. We've though. heard of them. Yeah. I, we don't know anything about them. Probably but we've not. Heard of them. Yeah, there's a lot I of bands like that. I speak for America. Yeah, like Faithless. You're both foreigners living in China. Archie's British, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, Scottish. Sc oh, yeah. Even worse. Um, I don't know what that means. Um, Once independence. Oh, right. <laughs> we can't say that in China. So. <laughs> yeah, that's um, Yeah, we're foreigners. So uh, the question is, where did you find the confidence? to start a company together at that stage of your career? Well, I think because, uh, you know, already, we'd already started a company, yeah. at least I had. And Arch is just a bit of a chancer by nature. And he had moved to China to do something in music, you know, having, you know, not, not knowing anyone here, yeah. except for, well, one of his best friends, but who was not involved, he was an attorney, you know, not yeah. involved in music at all. So knowing no one in the music industry, knowing, I think the first, so when I was introduced to Archie, I think the friends who introduced us, actually mutual friends, um, said that Archie wanted to do something in, in radio. You know, uh, you know, you know so something in music, but I think he had a, sure. a, a completely different idea. So why, so why'd you pick him as a partner? Well, I don't think I picked him so much as he picked me. Okay. <laughs> Well, let me ask it this way. What makes, now having done this for 11 years, what makes you guys good partners for each other? Well, I think, you know, from the beginning, we've always complimented each other in terms of work style or you know, what he's good at, what I'm good at. So Did it's you, just kind of worked naturally. So you didn't know that going in, right? Not necessarily. Yeah, was not, was not there really. something, I'm like, I'm fascinated with partnerships and right. how how they work and when they don't sure. and, and all that. So was there something you guys, was there something you can look back on to think that you did right at the beginning that set the partnership on the right course? No, I don't think there's anything conscious about it at all. I think it just kind of, you know. Just roll with it. You just roll with it. Yeah. And I think it, it takes at least one person in the partnership to, to be the compromiser, I suppose. Or the one willing to listen more to the other, rather than raise objections. Yeah. At least at a you know, a grander level. Of course, in, a, in any partnership, in any business um, relationship, there's always going to be discussions and disagreements and arguments about everything. Sure. But at some point, you either go forward or you don't with whatever decision. And I think it really there wasn't a whole lot of like this is the way we're going to do it. 
and kind of laying it out from the beginning in terms of ground rules or anything like that. We just kind of went with it, and as we went along, you just figured things out. And then you, you develop working habits or working relationships, you know, doing things in certain ways and, you know, discussing everything, making decisions together, um, so you know, this vote, is voting on things when you need to. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's actually three of us. There's, it's not just the two oh, of us. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, that so helps there's, with there's, the voting. there's three directors, which helps with the voting. But, <laughs> yeah, I can't really vote. But one-to-one, one. sorry, <laughs> again. Um, there's the dog. <laughs> uh, this is maybe not really a fair question, but, you, <laughs> but you're in Beijing, he's in Shanghai. Yeah. Does that, does that help? That you're, like, mm. Does it help that you're in different offices, you know, obviously you yeah, don't that's know. A, that's an interesting question, actually. I've thought about that. I think it probably does help, because I think, I mean, to, to, to reveal ourselves a bit, you know, I think, uh, you know, if we've been actually sitting side by side, day after day, sure. it might not have worked. Yeah, it's a different dynamic. Yeah, it might not have worked. Yeah. Because we are quite different. We, we deal with things in different ways, and we're different personalities. So maybe that distance, that separation has helped, actually. Yeah, it might be true. Yeah. yeah. So I know you guys have this great festival. Yeah, it is a good festival. Um, <laughs> so I've heard. I haven't been. I, Next I, year. I wish. Um, yeah, it's called uh, Concrete and Grass. Um, this year was the third year. So you're doing another festival before that? Well, I mean... So, you know, to bring it back to Faithless, we actually um, had a festival in Shanghai in 2007, so in our first year of business, really. Yeah. Also supported by Bacardi, although not entirely sponsored by Bacardi, otherwise we wouldn't have lost as much money as we did. <laughs> <laughs> but that was um, with Faithless headlining, which is probably the reason. That was the Jew festival? No, that was, that was actually called the Yue Festival. Yue? Yeah, the Yue Festival. That sounds better than Jew Festival. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, so there's, for people who can't, who don't live in China and can't pronounce Chinese, like our other festival that we did for seven years, which was uh, called the Jue Festival. Okay. Not, not, if you look at the J-U-E, yeah, I suppose, like the uninitiated could pronounce it as the Jew. Like me. Festival. Yeah. Which might work for some people. <laughs> Probably not in China. But no, I mean, no, no one's wearing yarmulkes right Somewhere now. along the eastern seaboard. <laughs> yeah, we're not from Connecticut. All right. <laughs> um, close, but not. Uh, yeah, so the UF Festival in 2007, this is one day, kind of, it wasn't intended to be a one-off thing. I mean, you know, Archie's ambition has always been to do a really good festival for, yeah. for China and and we thought, you know, we have some money from Bacardi. Here we are, our first year in business. We don't really know what we're doing, but let's go for it. Why let's should do, that stop let's, you? Yeah, let's do something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're entrepreneurs. You want to absolutely be adventurous. So you do something. And so we did a festival. Yeah, lost our shirt. Um, but, you know, it's a, it was a well-regarded and well-remembered event. Yeah. Um, so what were the which has moved on? What was the main lesson you took from that experience into concrete and grass? Well, I mean, not not to pay so much for artists, I suppose, for one thing. Yeah. 
um, or not to pay more than what the market really supports, which is always challenging because for the sure. most part, you know, most artists are looking at fee, you know, international artists are looking at fees that the the local market here just can't support. Yeah. For all of you agents in LA who might be listening, we have a lot of agents listening to the show. Absolutely, uh, that's that's the main lesson for China. Yeah, of course, there's silly money here floating around, but it's not real. You know, it's yeah. not it's not really real in terms of what ticket sales can support. Well, it's interesting. I, you know, <clears throat> I have a lot of friends uh, who are artists who. Whenever I mention China to them, they kind of hear, they, they, the response is usually like, oh, I, I heard there's money out there. Um, yeah, there's short-term money, Yeah, which probably isn't very sustainable. So, you know, there's a market here for sure, and if you want to build it, then you can build it. But it, 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 the build shacks would be something, probably for most artists, relatively slow. So who's done a good job from the West, and, and what have they done right? Lincoln Park. Yeah. Yeah, Lincoln Park. I no, mean, I mean, I, 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 you know, I've heard that. Right, I mean, that's... here. Yeah. But, um, what do you think they did Full right? transparency. The host works for Lincoln Park. Oh, yeah, we, we know. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad you've been transparent <laughs> about that before tonight. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I'm not sure it's actually them, because I think they obviously had an advantage being super famous already. So step one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's that very, shitload that's of very true. And you know, obviously, we get a lot. I get a lot of emails from from bands or artists around the world saying, you know, I'd like to come to China. Yeah. They find us via our website, or yeah. you know, you Google music in China or whatever, um, and they find us, and so they'll say, I'd like to come, and, and I have to reply saying, well, it is very difficult. Like we bring a lot of independent you know, indie acts here who yeah. in terms of their indiness <laughs> already have some sort of uh, profile internationally sure you know whether that be in their home country or actually like more international just outside of Asia or what have you and so it's really hard without any sort of profile to do anything here to begin with so for Lincoln Park you know obviously it's, it's, it's much bigger than that but at the time um you know, I guess on the back of the first album, we, we actually we have a, a blog that uh, maybe it's not too active now, but uh, it's called China Music Radar, which we wrote a lot about the, the music industry in China in English, and we uh, did a long article about Lincoln Park and their relationship with China and how that all happens you know, way back when. I'll have to read that because I, I have no idea how Oh, yeah, I should send it yeah. to you. Please. But actually a friend of mine who was at Warner at the time, um, who was kind of behind the whole thing, mm. and this, they did this campaign of bring Lincoln Park to China. Yeah. And it just went, and this is like pre-internet really, like basically pre-internet, but it went viral so to speak, you know, sans internet. Nice. Um, where it really built up the profile of the bands and like took it to this other level. Yeah. Um, and, and that was like years and years before they ever actually came. Right. Like right. by the time they actually made it to China, the guy who did the whole thing, the whole campaign was, you know, he wasn't even working in um, oh, the music no industry anymore. Oh, yeah. that's meant to film by that point.
Yo, if you're digging this one and you want to hear more about the music festival event promotion game, let's go back in the Rebel Radio archives. Check out my interview with Kevin Lyman, the great uh, founder, producer of the Vans Warp Tour. He just announced recently, I don't know if you saw it online, but the uh, Vans Warp Tour is coming to an end. Sounds like they might be doing some more uh, stuff along those lines. He kind of left it maybe intentionally vague on the website, but um, but it sounds like there's no there's no more Vans Warp Tour as it was. So uh, it's a great interview. iTunes, SoundCloud, Rebel Radio, Kevin Lyman. But uh, finish up first with Nathaniel Davis. Yeah, so for artists that want to come to China, what, what are the right, what makes you say yes? Like what's the... All right, so it's, it's a number of different factors. Uh, there's no scientific method here, really. Okay. In terms of how we You don't choose. have an algorithm? Well, we, we do, not an algorithm, but you know, we have some metrics that we look at bigger bands like if you're actually going to spend some money on something you look at it in terms of like social let's do that that's high tech right there the water effect um i feel like we're swimming or something (laughs) on a boat Um, but like but they don't have like wechat followers right if they if they're not here already no but there's you know there's there's enough online in terms of uh you know music websites streaming websites we can gather data yeah. So we create our own sort of matrix of things we, you know, we, have, we yeah, it's a small, very small, simple al- algorithm that we calculate, like yeah. the relative popularity uh, in the market. So we look at that, but, you know, that, that's not the only thing. It's, it's also sure. about, because yeah. we've always been a passion-based business, so it's, who do, we, who do we like? Right. Who do we think is good? Who do we think gives a good live show? Who do we think would be great on a stage in China that we'd like to introduce to at least a small um, segment of the population, so to speak? Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a mix of that and you know, what's going to sell tickets or what's an interesting story or mm-hmm. who do we think we can build here um, so it's been a, a real mix of things that we've done even though we've been focused on a lot of non-mainstream non-main, you know less poppy yeah. stuff sure but you know I mean we brought Jared Leto's band for goodness sakes um, for a festival and Ludacris and nice you know, these kind of folks, um, which was, which was cool, uh, and probably helped sell some tickets. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, we've also done, on on the back of, sort of me writing to Bob Lesfets. Left, left, left sets, sets, left sets, left, yeah, left sets. <laughs> so Bob. You know, wrote about some bands from Denmark that we had brought here. You know, he was raving about a song he heard on Sirius FM or whatever. Yeah. You know, bemoaning the fact that they'd never make top 40 play. So I wrote to Bob saying, hey, 
we just brought this band. They did like six shows in China and they were all sold out and blah, 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 blah. And so he reprinted my letter in his oh, week, nice. weekly thing or whatever. That's cool. And so on the back of that, you know, I got all this email from, from different people saying, oh, yeah. you know, I represent so-and-so. No, no, nothing big, obviously, like smaller artists. Sure. But saying, you know, I represent this artist and we'd love to come to China. And, and, and one of those was this guy called uh, Abaji, who is... I mean, ostensibly from from Paris, mm. very mixed, you know, uh, Armenian, Greek, Syrian backgrounds, and plays like a wide array of instruments, and is a really entertaining performer. Performs solo, and so the, his manager wrote to me. He said, "You know, Abaji would love to come to China." I was like, "Who is this Abaji?" <laughs> so I, I just googled him. But you know, he's played at Lincoln Center and you know he's, he's on NPR mm-hmm. you know, pro, and I was like okay like so he, you know he has some some relative degree of profile like, sure you know, listen to him yeah it's good it's good stuff so we brought him here uh, you know so stories like that so that you yes. know it could be anything you know something like that where that's the decision for bringing an artist is that somebody reaches out and it's it's good music that we think could somehow resonate with uh, people here on some level, yeah. and so he has, you know, the back of us bringing him here. One time, you know, the, the French, um, you know, the Alliance Française, whatever, the, the French culture offices brought him here a number of times because nice. he's just one of these guys that can connect with people, and that's really what it's all about. You know, at the end of the day, is, is using music to to connect with people. Yeah. So I know. Soundbite. Terrible one. <laughs> no, that was good. That's what it's all about: is using music to connect with people. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's true. You know, because you know what you want is, you know, I'm not going to talk philosophically about music. It's ridiculous. Can it's fun. I'll pretend like it's uh, important. <laughs> no, it's true because that you know it's it's part of the thing that that keeps you doing what you do. Yeah. Because if it's all about commerce and about you know number one hits and and, and, and selling stuff, the meaning of that only goes so far, at least for me. I think it, you know for us as a company. So it really is about bringing something that's, that's new and interesting and fresh and challenging and inspirational and hopefully beautiful. You know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's, you know, to to reach a Chinese audience that, that you know that maybe is in need of something like that. What? Um, well, you're kind of alluding to this, but you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in having your own business and. And especially this business, I'm sure. Uh, well, any any business. So there must have been times when you thought about packing it in, moving home, or, or giving up on the mission. What kept you going? Um, probably just a, a general commitment to seeing things through that you start 
you know, you might want to chalk that up to some sort of uh, Protestant, you know, New, New England Protestant work ethic. Nice. But Got yeah, us not, this far. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's certainly part of it. Like, your, your upbringing, sure. you know, what you've been taught to do. You know, you stick with things that you start. Yeah. And, yeah, being committed to things. So when you when you read like I don't I don't know if you read the uh, the like startup literature right now you know lean startup or any of that shit that's like fail fast move on quickly does that does that like resonate with you at all? No, I'm I'm not that kind of entrepreneur. I don't you know I, I don't read any of that stuff. I don't yeah. I don't really know about any of it. Um, I mean the language you're using sounds familiar, so sure. probably, I've probably seen something. It doesn't, doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm not Travis, um, whatever his name is. Scott. Barker. Travis Scott. No, uh, uh, Dickel. No, uh, Kalanick. Kalanick, oh, Kalanick oh, oh. or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Travis Kalanick. Who I met in Beijing. You're not, let's just say you're not Travis anybody. Travis, I'm not Travis anybody. No, but that guy, I mean, he, like, so he was in the music industry. He, he started like three right. pre Napster. He had, a, yeah, he had yeah. like a Napster pre Napster pre Napster Napster. Yeah, how that's. He got burns, you know. He got burns, sued, and everything else. But but you know, so he's the sort that will bounce back and do something completely different and new. And you know, he's always on the lookout for that. That's not like we're not that kind of. I'm not that kind of right. business person or entrepreneur. You know, I I don't even really consider myself to be a business guy, businessman, whatever. You know, you do something that you're interested in, and you try to make that work. That's sure. about that's about all it is. Yeah. And I think there's hopefully there's there's room for people like us <laughs> in 21st century capitalism. Yeah. Um, you know, to be to do something that you're passionate about and to make it work and to um, to be successful at financially, because that certainly has to be a, a part of it. Because if you're not, then you won't survive. But it's not the be-all and end-all, is to make a certain amount of money or to achieve a certain amount of revenue or profit. At least not for us, it hasn't been the motivating uh, factor anyway. Um, if it, and hopefully it will move in that direction, but that's only hopefully at the end result of you know, being able to influence um, and do more you know, in terms of music in China. Mm -hmm. Let's bring more interesting music here. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know you work with a lot of brands. You mentioned Bacardi and Shivas, and I know there's a lot of others that you work with. Mm -hmm. um, who's doing the best job of supporting music in China? At the moment, um, probably. I mean, it's hard to say, but I, I mean, I, oddly enough. Probably this uh, Danish brand, a beer brand called Tuborg. Also one of my clients. Of course. But they, you know, they spend a lot of money globally on, yeah. on music stuff, um, mostly in Europe. Although oddly enough, um, in the uh, latest series of Stranger Things, I saw a, a Tuborg, <laughs> Tuborg right? gold uh, neon sign. Um, good product placement. Yeah, a branding placement. Um, 
So I'm not sure what that was all about, but uh, yeah, they're very active in music in China and have been since about 2013. Mostly outside of the the main cities in China, which is interesting. So we've been doing a lot with them out and about in the hinterlands, which is uh, interesting for them and interesting for us. But uh, I think they've yeah. developed a real market, and and all of that kind of centered around using music as a as a platform. I mean, it, you know, in the U.S., like. When I always tell brands, if there's, if you can justify marketing outside of the major cities, absolutely do that. Like sometimes it's hard from a volume perspective or whatever, but like you get so much further. Not just for more for your money, which is pretty obvious, but just like the response you get from people on the ground in these second and third tier markets is like. Unbelievable! They treat you like like kings, right? And in New York, LA, they treat you like you know a, a cash. They don't machine. care. You know they, they don't care. Don't care. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And no, I so I love that strategy. I I try to push all my clients when I can. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game because you have to be aware of you know what consumers want yeah. outside of the ma the major markets, yeah. which is not the same. You know, it's it's a very different. Sort of proposition, so you, yeah, you have to be in tune with that. Um, at the same time, like for example, this past year with Tuborg, it was a global campaign. You know, in the previous years, it just been very localized in terms of China. This past year, there was, a, was actually a global thing that was the main driver for whatever was happening in China. Mm -hmm. But that was happening in uh, what Tuborg considered to be their their three key markets, which were India, China, and Russia. Wow. Um, trying to be in the primary market, and the global thing was centered around a, a collaboration. So they tapped um, Major Laser. Awesome. Uh, yeah, to be like the global sort of uh, I don't know spokesperson or you know, mm -hmm. people brand uh, ambassador or whatever. Yeah, random ambassador. <laughs> 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 Because for China, like nobody knows Major Lazer. You know, really? Yeah, nobody knows who Major Lazer. Yeah. Even though we brought Diplo here, you know, years ago, but nobody knows Major Lazer. Okay. But you know, they have a bit of cachet. Like once you look into it, like oh, it's kind of kind of cool. Like in terms of EDM or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and obviously Diplo's done a lot of like, cool stuff over the years. Uh, but you know, in terms of mainstream, you know, visibility here, it's not exist. You know, non like completely non-existent. Who, so who? to counter that, then the, the thing was, the, so the collaboration was with the Chinese artists. So who do who do you choose? Yeah. Uh, and so the choice, you know, really was somewhat obvious, maybe in some ways. So you have to go high profile. Mm -hmm. So you know, we we chose um, a singer, a, a pop singer called uh, Chris Lee Li Yuchun, who she was the first uh, Supergirl uh, winner, 2005. Okay. Yeah, so a long while back, but she's done very very well um, for herself in terms of her career here. Yeah. You know, on the back of that, like extending that sort of talent um, contest winner winnerdom you know into, into actual bona fide career you yeah. know, musically and, and otherwise um, with a huge you know massively uh, rabid fan base I'm sure yeah 
and so you know her doing something with Major Laser and, and taking a track that they did and kind of doing her own thing with it and, and then releasing that across China was, was actually quite a, it was kind of interesting that's cool big here that's like from the west that's most surprising to, to your friends back home <laughs> hold on think about that big surprising well I mean I hate to say Lincoln Park again but yeah I mean that's <laughs> yeah I, well I mean I, it's funny before I started working with them I didn't know right. very much about them at all I mean I I knew some of the records, but I didn't know anything about their story. There's not, yeah, there's not a lot of artists that are big here that would be surprised, I feel. And so what's the advice you, when people, if they want to come over here, they want to make a business in China, what, what do you tell them? What should they do? If it's in music, like trying to compete with us, stay home. Fair no, enough. I'm, I'm joking. No, but like um, artists or like if you're talking to, if an artist called you and said hey I want to I want to build my business in China I think like I was saying, like I was saying before um, you know you have to build your own profile in your own home country or first. your own primary market first like China is still a very secondary market or beyond secondary in some ways yeah and because it's it's far away, it's it's you know it is it's rem it's remote, yeah. and even though there's a lot of people here, you still have only like a few cities that you can actually play sure. um, successfully in, in terms of box office or whatever, and so you have to concentrate on your <laughs> on your own home territory and make that make sense for you initially before you ever think about like coming to China you know unless there's some other thing that you that sets you apart from everyone else you know for somebody in a higher tier than you know just a aspiring touring artist you know um, you know you, you use the resources of your label mm -hmm. whatever that is at the moment um, you know, find the right promoter in the market who's willing to work with you long term and not just do some kind of one-off thing for some kind of money play that's not really right. realistic. Yeah. Because it's not just China. I mean, like what we're talking about now is not just China. It's it's all of Asia. Right. So you have you have Southeast Asia, you know, Japan as well. Even though it's maybe somewhat separate, but you know, there, there's there's companies companies like ours who are working not just in China, but in all, in all of Asia, that can work for the long term, you know, to help develop an artist in the region. But, it had, you know, you have to have some patience and some commitment to it and be willing to return, maybe not every year, but every other year. Mm -hmm. 
and you know, yeah. learning, learning to start from maybe smaller sort of thing than you're you're used to. You know, even even if you're at the you know, you're building yourself in the U.S. or in Europe or whatever. You're you're doing bigger venues. It might not translate in China sure. or in Asia, but there's a huge market here, and so you might have to take a step back in order to move forward. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's fair. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. What do you What do you miss most about home? Uh, I mean it. Of course, it's people, you know. I thought you were going to say Geno's or some shit. Geno's. Geno's subs. Yeah, I'm going back there. For sure. Um, you think you'll come back or you, you're staying? No, I think I'll come back at some point. You know, if, if the tax situation is favorable. <laughs> yeah, that's... Ah, it keeps getting better. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. All right, let me do a little lightning round while we can still hear each other okay um lightning rounds i don't know what that means it just sounds it sounds cool we need it sounds it. fast i think we have a little thing like lightning round okay maybe we'll record like one rapid tonight fire questions exactly okay, okay. ish right, i'm not uh, one tell word me, answers one tell me answers. one decision that changed your life forever one decision uh to move to china i you know it's not to move to China, come to China to study, I think. Yeah. yeah. To stay. No, to study. Oh, yeah. No, initially, to study, because if I didn't come to study, I would, I would never have come back. <clears throat> didn't expect it. Yeah. Lightning. Keep going. Complete the sentence. I don't have talent, I have blank. <laughs> Perseverance. Patience. So, if I worked at Split... What's something I would hear you say over and over? Um, huh, interesting. I don't talk a lot, so I'm not sure. Like, what, if to ask my employees. What would silence. I say, what, what did I say over? Like, nod of the head. I'm listening. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your work? Uh, Michael Stipe. Nice. You ever, you ever try to book him? Nah, I mean, R.E.M. are probably also banned in China, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. What's your favorite city to travel to? Huh. Um, recently, that I've actually traveled to is uh, Budapest. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What about in China? For people that... For people coming here... What city should they definitely visit besides Beijing? Besides Beijing, um, like outside of the main cities. What's the one? What's the gem? I don't know if there's a gem, you know, per se, because all of the country is very diverse. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's really very different, like wherever you go. Um, I have like a soft place in my heart for. A place out west. Uh, it's not actually even a province. It's like a self-autonomous region, which is called Ningxia. Okay. And the, the capital city there is called Yinchuan. Like nobody's ever going to ever have heard of this. All right. But I've been there about 30 times. Oh, wow. Yeah, like actually individual trips 30 yeah. times. 
I was actually there um, on 9-11. Wow. When I was on the phone uh, to New York with one of my best friends as she watched Tower One collapse where oh, I used man. to work and I used to work in Tower One years ago. So yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's like uh, on the border of Mongolia, this desert. They eat a lot of lamb there. Uh huh. It's, it's a good place. Yeah, it's interesting. Is there a book that's had uh, the biggest impact on you? A book. Yeah, I mean, um, the Holy Bible. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you're sure. the first. I think that's the first. Bible answer that we've gotten. Yeah, that's um, that's okay. No, no, of course it's okay. I'm, 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 I'm just, uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm su- not surprised. I suppose saddened that it's the first. I think it's uh, well. To be fair, probably I mean, the most important book for uh, all of humanity. Well, to be fair, no, probably, definitely. <laughs> I'm not sure we've had any repeat books so far. Right. So, um, but okay. What movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Uh, probably Until the End of the World by Vin Vendors. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I watch wow. it every year. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know that movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to read the Bible, but I am going to watch no, Until should, the End of the World. Uh, if you had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no you do have in a choice. that order. Uh, if you don't have a choice. <laughs> Is there a DJ performance that you've seen live that stands out? Well, I suppose, actually, I never really experienced DJ, so to speak, culture um, until... You know, we were doing those Shivas tours with Tiesto or whatever. And I have to, you know, like, Tiesto is pretty, like, the whole thing was pretty impressive. Like, like, like the spectacle of it. It's a hell of a production. I'm, I'm sure it is, like, but even, for China, it wasn't, like, a big production. It was just the fact that he was Tiesto. Yeah. And so everyone was going crazy. For this guy, sure, yeah, and no, it was, it was it wasn't really a show per se. It was just a thing, and you know, so for me, that was it was impressive because it was new. It was new for me. I've seen Tiesto a couple of times, and right. I mean, the visuals, like it's not it's not my music particularly, but uh, but the visuals and it's like a, it's an amazing show. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of come to it, like, even if you don't like the music necessarily, yeah. you can come to appreciate it just because, like, everyone else is enjoying yeah, it yeah. so much. Like, Absolutely. everyone's is so much having fun, everyone's elated. And that's, that's what I equate with that whole thing, is this, like, general elation. I almost wanted to go to Desert Trip for that reason. Right. I didn't go, because I don't care about classic rock. Right. But, like, while it was happening, I had a momentary, like, wishing I was there because I knew there was all these people having, like, the best time of their lives. Right. And I decided that would be fun to, like, be in the middle of that. Yeah, like, when it's, when it's a thing, then, yeah. 
it feels like something regardless of how good the music actually is sure uh, what about live live band live shows that you've seen in person is there a favorite that stands out well probably my first live show like big live show ever which is uh, U2 Zoo TV tour when I was 17 yeah yeah, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where they came in, they rehearsed for a week. Like that was the uh, so the beginning of the tour. They rehearsed for a week. They gave a, a show. Like if every ticket was fifteen bucks. Wow! Remember uh, that? That's crazy. The end of the week, Friday night, fifteen bucks. They gave it all away to local charities, and so everyone, you know, like just booked the ticket. Yeah. yeah. So, how how does everyone find? or you or, or the festivals or how do we find you online? Oh, how do we find us? In the US. In the US? Yeah, so don't give us WeChat. Uh, uh, well, we have we have Facebook, of course. We have Twitter. No, Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. Split. Instagram. Split on Twitter? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> the actual addresses? Yeah, where, yeah. I need to refer that to my marketing department let me, <laughs> let me call let me call them briefly um no you can just google us okay yeah split works yeah split works works split works works it works man. I love it yeah no I don't think you can miss us because there's nothing else no the, apparently there's some Japanese clothing brand that yeah split. split are they Japanese yeah, I think so. So you might find there them. They used to be a streetwear brand. Yeah, they're a streetwear brand. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know they were Japanese. I think they're Japanese. Gotcha. But I, I think if you, if it's anything in relation to China, it's, it's pretty easy to find them. Nice. All right, well. Everyone... Yeah, so Split Works, Split United, um, Concrete and Grass Music Festival. When, when's the next one? Well, hopefully, in uh, we're planning for, for April. Uh, hopefully. Sorry. April in Chengdu, China. Man, I keep hearing that Chengdu if, is... If you want to play, you know, let me know. I keep hearing that Chengdu is like the spot. Oh my gosh, it's like... Beijing is so boring compared to Chengdu. Really? And yeah, I've heard that. Chengdu is crazy. Really? Crazy. Sorry, I was about to use uh, bad language and I... Uh, no, I you can use bad language. No, I refrained. It's not a good thing. No, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. Uh, Improper use of, you know, it's, it's, anyway, <laughs> long story. Sorry, Plus, he, he, the host has lost his yeah, chain you, of thought. you threw me. I was going to say uh, something about the pandas. The pandas? Because that's how we know of Chengdu, right? Yeah, yeah the pandas the are in Chengdu. Yeah, exactly. So if there's a really cool band from L.A. or whoever's <laughs> listening to this program, um, if you want to come to China, to Chengdu... They do have pandas, like real, like there's uh, these really cool, what they call the lesser pandas, um, which are smaller ones that have red fur. They're really, really, really? Cool. Like, like super, like they're a lot cooler than the big pandas, I think. Like we the, only hear about uh, Ling Ling and uh, yeah, black those, and white. Those guys are boring. Well, they're endangered, so there's only a few of them, so you can only say so much. All right, come see the red pandas. Yeah, come see the red pandas. I love it. They're, they're called the lesser, the lesser pandas.
Shout out was Nathaniel Davis on Rebel Radio live from Beijing. Well, not live. I mean, we were live. We're still alive, but it wasn't broadcast live. It was recorded at the bar in Beijing. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, leave us comments, reviews, send money, send uh, free popcorn. I don't know, something. Come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.